Welcome to Advent Christian Voices with the Renew Church Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Rounds, and I'm joined by everyone's favorite communications director slash church health guy, Justin Nash. What's up, Justin? Not much. Good to be back with you here in the podcast studio. Dude, it's been like forever, and our studio is really just your office in Charlotte and my office in illustrious Johnston County. Yeah, but nobody could probably tell that. The audio quality is so amazing, and this is such a professional podcast that people probably wouldn't know that. And Tom's so good at editing and producing this thing, he's probably going to, you know, whatever mistakes we make, he's going to iron out perfectly. Most likely, because Tom's the man. We're your one-stop shop for all things podcast-related. That's right. Christian realm. Yeah. All right, so what are we talking about today there, Eric Reynolds? We are talking about expositional preaching, something that uh, – we do week in and week out, hopefully. And uh, yeah, so I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, so I thought that to, today that I would ask you the questions, uh, just because you're, you are a full-time preacher, you preach every week and only preach occasionally. So when you think about it, who are some of your favorite preachers and why? And when I say favorite, I mean, you're kind of Christian famous people are well-known yeah. Christians. So. Yeah, well, I, uh, Justin, you and I went over our list before this, and we had three of the same people. So I came up with five. You came up with three. So I get extra credit, I think. Well, I had more than that. Those, oh, you did? I just had oh. some different ones. Didn't oh, I didn't, we didn't say that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Well, I'll give you mine, and then you give me yours. How about That's, that? Sounds good. David Platt. <clears throat> yep. John MacArthur. Mm-hmm. John Piper, Matt Chandler, and Joe Thorne. Oddly enough, four of the five are Southern Baptists. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so for me, John MacArthur was number one, mm-hmm. and uh, Alistair Begg is a guy that yeah, I listen to almost good. every day. John Piper, David Platt, and Tim Keller. Mm-hmm. I, I think these guys all do expositional preaching, but they all do it so differently from one another. So, mm-hmm. so I, I think it just shows the range. But for me. The John MacArthur, and I know he's controversial. A lot of people don't like him, but he, for me, that he was the first time I'd ever heard expositional preaching. I'd mm-hmm. never heard it before John mm-hmm. MacArthur, and it was seminal. It was really a, a major transformation in the way I thought about preaching and uh, what good preaching was, what biblical preaching was. So for me, John MacArthur was really the, the most seminal of, of all these guys when I first heard. And when was that? Like, when did you hear J Mac? That probably would have been probably about 15 years ago. No. So, and how old are you now? I'm 47, 40, almost 48. So you were 32 before you heard expositional preaching. Right. And I had been a Christian for 15 years, probably. Wow. And had really never, ever heard expositional preaching like that. And, and it was just, for me, again, it really was life-changing. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I kind of give a list, like, why I like, and, and for our listeners who either aren't exposed or maybe are interested, maybe I said a name that you're not interested in, um, I just kind of said why. And, and the reason I like Platt is he's pointed in all of his sermons. He doesn't mince words and almost always points us to how the text relates to discipleship and the Christian mission. Um, Piper his enthusiasm and his love for the word of God is just infectious. So like, Mm -hmm. if you're feeling like for me, sometimes you just like wonder how in the world am I going to get into the pulpit? Like, I just don't have that, like something missing. Like I I don't, you know, I just don't feel right. 
I mean, if I listen to one of Pipe's sermons, I'm, you know, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to run through a brick wall. Um, J-Mac is just, he's a fantastic teacher. Um, he sticks totally to the text. He's thorough, but um, yeah, I, I think he's, I think he's a solid teacher, although I, I disagree with him on, on some things theologically. Uh, Chandler has the ability to apply the text better than almost any other modern day preacher. His, his, out, his ability to out, apply the text is just phenomenal. Um, and then Joe Thorne, who's some of our listeners, he's not nearly as recognizable as the other four. Um, he's humble. He's self-deprecating. He's down to earth. And he ties in perspectives from theologians and scholars and pastors, really from um, the first century onward. He quotes a lot from the Puritans. Um, and he's, he's got a lot of really short books that I've read and he has a podcast and, and I really enjoy it. Cool. Really helpful. Yeah. So uh, we, we talk about all these guys and I think the thing that draws us to them is their expositional preaching or uh, I, I say expository preaching. I use those words interchangeably, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's okay. Uh, so let's uh, just give a brief definition then when you use the term expositional preaching or expository preaching what do you mean expository preaching is simply making the main point of the sermon the main point of the text is that what you have is that is that kind of your yeah yeah that's what i have i've actually got a couple of couple of quotes here that i'll share the first one is from uh, actually a 19th century preacher a guy named charles simeon and he said, and he, he wrote this, he says, my endeavor is to bring out of scripture what is there and not to thrust in what I think might be there. I have a great jealousy on this head, never to speak more or less than I believe to be the mind of the spirit in the passage I'm expounding. Mm. So that's Simeon. So not to preach more or less than what's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, to go again, to go to John MacArthur, uh, the, the message finds its sole source in scripture. The message is extracted from Scripture through careful exegesis. The message preparation correctly interprets Scripture in its normal sense and context. The message clearly explains the original God-intended meaning of Scripture, and the message applies the scriptural meaning for today. That's a bit more of a comprehensive mm-hmm. thing. And then what you said reflects almost exactly what Mark Dever has written. I think I stole it from him. Oh, okay. Because exposi- he, he wrote that expositional preaching is preaching in which the main point of the biblical text considered becomes the main point of the sermon being preached. Mm-hmm. So, that's yeah. oh, sorry. Uh, well, I think, and, and Devers helped me understand this qu- quite a bit. And I just haven't listened to Dever preach all that much. I've listened to like talks that he's had, and he's very helpful. But. He's, he said it this way, because at first I used to think that expositional preaching was simply preaching verse by verse through mm-hmm. an entire book of the Bible. Now, there is a way and a way that I, you know, do expositional preaching. But, you know, Dever would say that you can preach an entire book if you had to preach Genesis. Mm-hmm. You can preach Genesis in a 50-minute sermon if you needed to or wanted to mm-hmm. um, and just make the main point of Genesis, the main point of your sermon he actually has a book i have it on my bookshelf um he has two books that are essentially sermons um he preached all the way through the bible i think in a year or two years or something like that and he has a sermon on each book um, yeah i actually heard a dever do ezekiel the whole book in one sermon it was amazing it's very humbling to listen to that <laughs> there's no way i could do that 
he just, he just did it. Well, I get so I get so bogged down in the details sometimes, uh, mm-hmm. either in my study or I I think it's important for the congregation to hear a specific detail that to me it is incredibly intimidating to think I I have to preach an entire book <laughs> in 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 thirty to fifty minutes. That's that's right. that's a lot. And so expositional preaching, we would put that over and against what's often referred to as topical preaching. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, which is the way I just think about that is the pastor has something to say, a topic to cover. And so he picks out scripture that speaks to that subject in theory. Uh, now, topical mm-hmm. sermons can be expositional, of course, but most that I've heard are not. But And I think topical preaching mm-hmm. is the way most preachers probably preach in evangelical churches. Well, <clears throat> there's a difference between because Dever would even say this in, in other expository preachers that there is a time and place to do topical sermons. What is church membership? What, mm-hmm. you know, what, you know, different little things. How do we do church discipline? Things like that. You kind of have the, the text in mind where, where you're going to go, but what you're doing is whatever verses or text that you use, you make sure that you're not lifting it out of context, that whatever the main point of that verse is, that is also going to contribute to your sermon that you're not taking it out of context. And I've been at a church, one of our first churches when we came to Christ was like the pastor would really, he would either go with the ancillary meaning or an, or an implication from something and make that the main point of the sermon, or he would just try to twist it in a way that suited what he wanted. So if you said, um, Hey, here's, here's five ways to a healthy marriage. And you think, okay, well, I think good communication. I think, you know, putting each other's needs above. So, but then you just go, well, now how do I justify that? Mm-hmm. So the difference is um, what a lot of topical preachers do is they have in mind what they want to say, and then they seek to justify it. Expository preachers say, no, 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 I don't care what I have to say. <laughs> I care what God has to say to the text. Therefore, I'm going to look at the text, and that's going to justify what I'm going to say. So it's working from two different directions. Good. So I think you and I would agree that uh, expositional preaching, expository preaching is critical to the life and health of a church. Why do you think that's the case? Well, first off, I would say that out of all the things that are critical to the life of the church, um, if prayer isn't number one, if um, obviously the, the spirit being present in the church and working in the lives of the disciples is right up there, um, this is in the conversation. You know, when you start talking about the best basketball player of all time, <clears throat> you know, you got three or four guys that you're probably talking about. When you're talking about the most important thing in the church, this is in the conversation of the top three or four. Mm-hmm. And it's because you're expounding on the word of God. You're making the word of God the lifeblood of your church because it's God's revelation of himself. It's, it's what he desires to communicate to his people of all time. And what, ha- <clears throat> what happens is if you just cherry pick certain topics, um, well, I know every year I'm going to do a series on tithing every year. I'm going to do a series on church membership every year. I'm going to do a series. Then you start hitting the same thing over and over again. So if someone's in your church for 30 years, they might've grown in a couple of different areas, but they haven't grown in the vast areas of the Christian life, in which God has intended. 
the Bible has the unique ability to crush the souls of God's people while also uplifting them by his grace and his mercy that is found in the blood of Jesus Christ. Um, you just can't do that if you're just going to preach on the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good point. It's one of the points that I had is that the, the preacher who doesn't regularly preach expositionally will never preach more than he already knows. Mm-hmm. And, and so what, what happens over time then is the church will, instead of becoming conformed to the mind of God, which is revealed in his word, the church becomes conformed to the preacher and the mind of the preacher, because you're always going to pivot to that, which is easiest for you. I mean, everybody is. And Mm -hmm. so when topical preachers, you'll, you'll notice they tend to have three or four hobby horses that they jump up and down on five or six, maybe. And, and they just kind of repeat those over and over again. And so the people maybe get that stuff, but there's no, there's no broadness. There's no depth there. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really is a commitment to say, we want to hear from God in his, in his in, in entirety and not just from a person, not just from a man. Well, one of the best compliments, I mean, if someone's listening out there and they're not a pastor and they're, they're a church member, like one of the best compliments you can give if you're looking to bless your pastor is just to say, like if it was a really good sermon, um, what makes it really good isn't the eloquence of the speaker. It's the, it's the way in which the speaker unfolds the glory that is found in that text, the truth, the message that, that God has, has given through the word. So if you're looking to support your pastor in some way, you know, encourage them by saying, listen, I've never heard that text preached that way. And I understand it so much better. That is so much better than saying, Hey, preacher, good sermon. <laughs> you know, um, although most people mean that in the best sense, you know, but right. that should be the goal of, of the expositor. Yeah. I think it, the, again, it, it just expository preaching forces us to go places that we wouldn't go otherwise mm-hmm. and deal with things. We would, things we did, we'd rather not hear things mm-hmm. we'd rather not say it. And those are the kinds of correcting and rebuking and reproving and, and equipping kinds of passages that we need, but because they're difficult or something we don't, we just often don't go there as, as preachers. And so I think it really, if you want to be well-rounded in terms of your health, you, you need that, that well-rounded diet from scripture, from all of scripture. So, Absolutely. so as a preacher, what, what are some of the advantages of expositional preaching from a, from a preacher's perspective? Um, so for me, uh, what I think is it protects the preacher from himself and it protects the congregation from the whims of the preacher. Those are two things. So if it were up to me, um, you know, I probably, I probably just preach on the things that I am most passionate about the thing the parts of scripture or the christian life that speak most or maybe even come most easily to me so if the things that come most e- one of the things that comes easily to me is looking at an ordinary situation and seeing how that can be a discipleship moment like how can we make um how did whatever it might be whether um it's helping someone on the side of the road change a tire or it's just taking my kid to a soccer game or whatever it might be how does that point anyone else around me or myself to Jesus? Now, 
if I wasn't preaching expositionally, I could harp on that for years. And for some people who struggle with that, um, they might think, man, am I even really a Christian? Am I really, you know, they might really just think, wow, I'm, I'm a terrible follower of Jesus because this does not come naturally. So I think that, um, so that's one thing that it guards from, but it also just gives a full diet. It gives a steady diet. If you aren't eating your fruits and vegetables, you're not going to be as healthy as someone who does. Your body's not going to function appropriately. If you're not getting the full counsel of God, um, which is what we're called to preach and teach. Um, Jesus says that we are to make disciples and teach them all that he has commanded, not just a little bit, not just the things that are easy. Um, and that means we're going to have to have hard conversations. Um, you know, one example of that is I think maybe my third or fourth week at Hickory Grove, um, I started off in John. And the reason I started off in John is I know that I'm in a place where there's been some non-Trinitarian leanings, and, you know, at least not in the church, but in the community. So I wanted people to know the truth of God, who God is. And I wanted people to, um, to know like this is going to be a place in which the, the nature of God is going to be preached and respected and, and believed. So I started in John 1. And then all of a sudden John 2 came and I thought, oh, man. I got to preach on Jesus turning water into wine. And I will tell you that I had so many comments afterwards when I, the main point of John two and Jesus turning the water into wine at the wedding feast is not whether or not Christians can have alcohol. And I said that in the sermon, but I did say, I know a lot of you people are thinking one way or the other. So I took about three minutes and explained, listen, Christians can consume alcohol. Christians, however, cannot get drunk. That is a sin. I mean, you, you're physically able to get drunk, but you should not. You should, you should be drunk with a spirit, not drunk with wine. Um, so that was something that I was incredibly uncomfortable with because I knew that I'm also in a place where there are some who are teetotalers who who have for a long time have thought um, and maybe still believe that Christians should absolutely not drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, and for their pa- their brand new pastor to say, "Listen, you can." I know there are a few people who are uncomfortable, um, but I had to. I had to preach the truth. I had no option. Yeah. So just a couple of things that occurred to me. Number one, I found it. Um, you don't have to worry about what to preach next, right? It's just, yeah. it's just the next verse or the next passage. So, However you do, you, you do sometimes like, so for like this week and last week, it took me probably a couple hours to figure out how to break it down. Sure. As far sure. As, you know, but you knew where you were going generally. It wasn't, okay, what am I going to preach this week? It's like, that's right. okay. That's I know right. it's the next, set of verses this time I break it up I think another thing that can be and I've seen this happen over and over again is that it really puts a lot of trust in the Holy Spirit and helps you as a pastor kind of lets you off the hook sometimes because if you're preaching expositionally through a book and you come to a topic that's really nails somebody and really convicting for somebody they can't be like Oh, you singled me out. Well, I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> been planned six months in advance, so yeah. no. So I think there's just some practical advantages of that. Why do you think more pastors don't preach expositionally? Um, I think there are good reasons and bad reasons. So I think you know, I mean, these are brothers who preach differently than maybe you or I do, or some of the, some of our listeners. But I think for some of it, they don't know how. Mm-hmm. Um maybe pastoring because i think that 
I think it's really easy to have that hobby horse. It's really easy to be the guy like Tom Rainer would tell you that he preaches like the same couple of sermons everywhere he goes because mm-hmm. people ask him to guest speak. Um, that's really easy to just adapt whatever it is. So pastoring isn't their primary call. Possibly. Not, I'm not saying topical preachers aren't pastors. I'm saying that one reason that could contribute to their not preaching expeditionally is maybe they're just their primary calling isn't to be a pastor and stay there and, and preach for 10 to 20 years. Um, maybe they learned a different style. They grew up with a different style. They went to a seminary or Bible college that taught something differently. It's just not what they were exposed to. Um, or they have an agenda and expository preaching doesn't serve that agenda. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the reasons it's hard to, I think it's hard to do well, right? Yeah. It, it really is because it's easy for me to be boring because I've, I turn into a running commentary on the passage if I'm not careful. And really just doing all that hard exegetical work is, is really difficult. It can be. And, and I think, and I, again, I, I think this has been true in my own life and times is that we simply don't trust the word of God. Mm. We trust more in our human wisdom and our human abilities to communicate or clarify, Oh, I'm going to help God out here with this idea because this is uh, offensive to people or unclear. And, and so I, I think, I think that's a reason as well, although we probably would never actually say that. I think that's the reality. Well, it's, 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 I say this to people, um, when I encourage them to share the gospel, it's the same thing that I pray um, before every sermon is that God's word be effective, that his spirit prepare the hearts of his people, that he would work in my heart so that I would communicate the truth of his word. And ultimately, I think a lot of topical preachers can often, not everyone, but some don't trust the word of God to be effective. They think that they are more effective in the manner in which they communicate is more important than the message right? or is going to be more effective. The message isn't going to be in, in, in some, for some topical preachers, the message isn't what's effective. It's the mode. It's the method to which they communicate. Um, so they sure. can communicate anything. And that's the difference between someone who's a preacher and someone who's just a really good public speaker. Right. Yeah. Um, so just kind of wrap all this up. This was one or two pieces of advice you would give someone who maybe doesn't preach in an expository manner and would like to, or somebody who's just trying to figure it out and work through it. What encouragement or what advice would you give? So I've got a few things and I just want to run through this real quick. And um, cause one, I, you know, I've only been preaching week in and week out for a year and a half. Um, so I'm new to this. I'm not an expert. And, and I say this with all, humility. And I just pray we need more expository preachers in our denomination. If we're going to be healthy, if we're going to have healthy churches, but I would say this, if you're convicted and you're convinced that um, expository preaching is the way to go, then it's never too late to change your style. Um, Maybe I'm just saying that because I'm 32 years old. I've been preaching for a year and a half, but I've probably tried four or five different approaches over the last year and a half, just with my notes, how I style my notes, how I do different things, how I prepare. Um, And that's different from going from topical to expository preaching, but you can add new tools to the tool belt. Um, I would listen to some expositional preaching from the guys that we uh, have mentioned before. They're all good. And I would say, don't listen to one all the time. Listen to a rotation of three to five. Just kind of get, get an understanding. Um, the two most important things that I think, other than learning how, 
would be get a mentor who's an expository preacher. Um, I've done that. I have a mentor that I, um, that I meet with every two weeks. And part of what we go over is preaching. And he gives me a, um, you know, kind of a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, tells me, tells me what I'm terrible at. Feedback, critique. Cr- cr- yeah, critique. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he tells me the good stuff too. Um, and then ask some trusted friends or leaders in your churches to assess your preaching. Now, I would probably pick the most senior saints or you could, you know, have a, 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 an array of people, but I would want to choose people who are going to be honest, graceful, um, and will know what's good and what's bad. A lot, most Christians don't know what good preaching is. Um, so you have to really have discernment on that. And then I have a recommendation of, of a few books. And I'm just going to say these real quickly. The Christ Center Expositor by Tony Morita, Engaging Exposition by Aiken Curtis and Rummage. Preaching for the Rest of Us, Essentials for Text-Driven Preaching by Galaty and Smith, and then Christ-Centered Preaching by Brian Chapel. And there's also another one, Eight Hours or Less by Hughley. Um, those are all good, and we're going to have links to that in the show notes, hopefully. Cool. All right, yeah. the only thing I would sort of just add to that is do listen to good expositors, but don't imitate. Uh, figure out who God's gifted you to be and called you to be and, and be that and just learn. I just know... Again, John MacArthur was so formative for me that when I first started preaching, uh, I, I, I tried to be John MacArthur. And mm. one of the things that MacArthur does really well is he, he cross-references really well mm. and brings in, he can bring in a lot of scripture, of mm. cross-reference scriptures. And I tried to do that and it was just a hot mess. Like yeah. I was just confusing people and it's rather, I, for whatever reason, I'm just not built for that. Yeah. He, he can do it stylistically. So I would just say, though, do listen and learn, but be careful not to imitate. Be who God's gifted you to be as a preacher, mm-hmm. but learn a different skill set and a different way of approaching the text. Lou Goings told me, don't wear Saul's armor. You can't do it. Yeah. You know, go in with what, what you have. Yeah. All right. Well, good deal. Well, I think that probably about wraps up this episode. Any, any final closing words? Well, talking about good preaching, man. Uh, people are going to have the opportunity to listen to one of my favorite Ivory Christian preachers, which is myself. Right. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but Nathaniel Bickford will be at Triennial, who um, I haven't listened to a whole lot of Ivory Christian preachers, um, but he's one that I have listened to a few times, and I hope he's listening. I really appreciate his ability to expound the Word of God, um, and he, he's great. So, uh, But we are brought to you by – uh, the upcoming triennial convention, which is at Great Wolf Lodge, I believe, out in correct. the Charlotte area. Mm-hmm. And um, we're excited for that. And so you, you can, can find out all the details at acgctriennial.com. acgctriennial.com. And if you mention this podcast, um, Justin gets a cut. He gets like a 10% cut. And he has told me that he will give you half that cut. So. Well, I will be working on my resume. Thank you, Eric. (laughs) You're, You're welcome. All right, man. Well, hey, we'll try and do better the next time. All right.